We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Packaday Podcast. You can get all your Packaday updates by following us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. And remember, you can always subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am here, as always, with Andrew Mertig. It's Friday, so we're back and excited for another episode of the podcast. How you doing, Andrew? I'm doing great. That was a really good read-in, Kyle. Thank you. Thank I'm you super very much. impressed. The way you said Spotify, especially. Like, it was really? Very that articulate. Was, what... It was well-read. Wow. Yeah, I like I that. Always, it's the awkward subscribe. It's That's it's, the one. This is, this is the 102nd time we've done this before, and I've never like truly verbalized my appreciation for the way that you do our introductions. So... Thank you for that. It is great to be back. We definitely have stuff to talk about today. Um, but one thing that I wanted to 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 say before we jump into it, uh, you know, Kyle mentioned you should remember to subscribe to the podcast. And there's lots of different ways that you can do that. And I don't want to sound like a beggar. We usually don't like dwell on this stuff early, but subscribing to the podcast really helps us out a lot. And so for those of you who listen frequently, maybe you're listening to Cheesehead TV. Um, if you have a podcasting platform on your phone, and you probably do um, in some format, uh, if you could just subscribe, it really, really helps us out. It helps us to continue to have really good guests and continue to 
produce good sound quality and um you know like if you hate kyle and i you can just push us off the show you can delete the friday episode but just subscribe to the rest of the week absolutely and as i think most of us feel we love finding out about new great things and so if you have friends and family who listen to podcasts uh, maybe they listen to other podcasts about the Packers. I don't know why that would be necessary, but go ahead and point them our way. Um, I always love finding new great content, so share us with your friends and family. We appreciate that very much. Yeah, so we actually have some Packer news today. The Packers made an acquisition, Kyle. They made an acquisition. Yeah! They, they picked up John Lovett, who like is an actor, I think. <laughs> oh, that's Maybe. John Lovitz. John Lovitz. Oh, okay. Uh, they got All John right. Lovett, who was a quarterback at Princeton. Um, and interested, you pointed out that the Packers listed him as a quarterback, even though the Chiefs had him on the roster as a tight end. Um, we think he can play some H back, uh, maybe running back. I, I'm not exactly sure what they're they're doing there, but um, you you had pointed out that on the transaction they had him listed as a quarterback. I don't think the Packers are going to play him there. I think that the Packers have a decent amount of talent at quarterback right now. I don't think that they would go out of their way to add a player to add to that competition right now. That seems unlikely. Uh, Aaron Nagler did mention that he did have that success as a hybrid player, uh, trying to fill that H-back tight end role um, last summer prior to landing on IR. So some kind of a developmental player here that Green Bay must have been sniffing around trying to figure out if he can continue to to improve and succeed in that progression of, of finding a new role on offense. So it'll be interesting to see what John Lovett is um, for this team. But but you got to love it, don't you? Yeah. Oh, good one. I was just about to say Andy Herman was really working the love to love it connection uh-huh. all uh-huh. afternoon. So I usually um, leave the really cheesy jokes to you, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I would have I would have bypassed that one completely. But um, we did get one other piece of news. Um, sometime Packaday podcast host and always uh, Packer report uh, extraordinaire Ross Uglum reported the Packers made a quote unquote competitive offer to Snacks Harrison this offseason. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, a lot of Packers fans were calling for this. It looks like it could be a cheap ad kind of a deal that could really improve the middle of this defense. Um, but a competitive offer is interesting because it obviously hasn't come to fruition. I've seen some things that suggest that uh, Snacks Harrison may be weighing his options to see in the midst of this pandemic if he gets an offer big enough to entice him to play. Obviously, all the other players are are weighing their options of whether to play as well. And so uh, we don't know where this stands. But man, Andrew, this could be a, that could be a, a really nice addition for this team. That would be an awesome addition to the team. But, you know, one of the things I think people automatically assume that a guy like Snacks Harrison wants to continue to play football. And depending on what that financial incentive is, like, of course, if it's me and somebody offers me a veteran minimum salary of, you know, one point whatever million dollars to play a season of football, I'm going to do it. (laughs) <laughs> but if you're somebody who's made a lot of money over your career and you don't have to put yourself in what is an occupation that is a massive long-term health risk no matter what, never mind the current risk of COVID, you you have to weigh those options. And if financially, is it worth it? Mm-hmm. You know, Do you have the motivation to go through a rigorous season? Who knows what kind of shape he's in right now? You would assume he's been um, preparing himself to play football if he's fielding offers, 
Um, but to have to jump back into that and then mentally and physically prepare yourself is is really interesting. But certainly, man, given the Packers' struggles against a run last year, you would love to add a guy like Damon Harrison to this team. Yeah, and like someone like Kingsley Kiki is someone I think we hope has that big jump here. Um, but there is not a lot outside of Kenny Clark that this team is definitely feeling really good about in the trenches there on defense. And so someone like Snacks Harrison that could just come in and provide that depth and some assurance that, okay, if, if Kenny Clark misses some snaps or even, um, you know, forbid he misses games, you know, you have somebody else who can be that presence in there and, and make a difference. But uh, this would be a big, big signing for sure. I was just going to point out that you should have said Kingsley Kiki, friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast, Kingsley yeah. Kiki. Is that better? Yes, very good. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, excellent episode also, by the way, uh, from Kingsley Kiki. So go back and listen to that if you missed it uh, several days ago. Check that one out. Excited about his year two development as well. But um, we are excited. There is energy building around this 2020 NFL season. We're seeing pictures of these rookies uh, coming to their new plexiglass separated lockers and it seems like the expectation is at least right now we're going to get a training camp and this is going to happen in the days ahead so tons to be excited about lots to unpack as training camp and the season that will be like none we've ever seen before gets started here in the coming days um, and one of the wild cards that's mixed into this whole thing is a player's ability to opt out of their contract for this year. If they opt out, their contract tolls, which simply means it freezes in time, essentially. And then in 2021, it starts up again. So, for example, if a player with one year left on their deal who is scheduled to be a free agent in 2021 opts out of their contract, uh, similar to what Devin Funches did, they simply push that one-year contract to 2021. And in most cases... I don't know that this is the case with Funches because of how it is structured and him being a veteran and those kinds of things. He, you receive a small cash advance on that contract as a stipend this current year. That's my understanding of how this works, and it does vary a little bit depending on the player's situation. But um, the Pack-A-Day team has already talked about the Devin Funches situation and his decision to opt out. So we're not going to spend a ton of time there. But I did want to work out some of the details to something that I tweeted this week. I, I mentioned on Twitter that if Jordan Love opted out of his contract, it could actually really benefit the Packers. He would essentially kick his contract down the road one season and then give the Packers one extra year of control on a cheap rookie contract in the post-Rodgers era. It could be a really intriguing thing from the Packers' perspective. Now, I just tossed this out there as kind of a random thought, and realistically, there isn't much reason to think that Jordan Love would want to do this for any reason. He would give up a significant amount of cash this year, um, though having a fully guaranteed contract, um, as the Packers have given him, would probably ease his pain a little bit, knowing that he had that kind of security coming his way in future years. But I'm sure he's excited to begin his NFL career. I'm sure the Packers want him in the building as well. They want him building those relationships and learning the playbook and those kinds of things and being around the culture. So it's not really a reasonable thing to expect. I don't think that this is necessarily anywhere close to being a real thing that could happen unless Jordan Love does have some personal reservations and concerns that cause him to opt out. But it's one thing that would present some really interesting benefits to the Packers as far as that timing of that contract um, would be quite a benefit to the Packers if this happened. 
Yeah, and when I read your tweet, I thought it was interesting for a couple of different reasons. One is Love is going to get zero preseason reps. And the organization is hoping he only really sees the field in case of a blowout and an early playoff clinching situation. I just don't foresee any quarterbacks opting out across the NFL this season. They are supposed to be the leaders of the team. And unfortunately, there's still a stigma that choosing your health or your family over your job is somehow poor leadership. And I just don't think people want that. Um, attached to their career resume. Kicking the can on his rookie contract on the road and is, would be an exciting prospect for the team, but that first year of development is really, really, really important, and I mm-hmm. don't think that Jordan Love would want to miss that unless there is some outlying health concern for him or his family. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I came to this thought of, of Jordan Love as I was working through some of the rest of the roster and just kind of in doomsday scenarios, thinking about who could opt out and how would it impact this team. Um, and so I kind of came to Jordan Love and I was like, he's not going to opt out. But I was like, oh, if he does, this is going to be interesting. But other things I was thinking about, I wanted to throw out one more hypothetical here for you, Andrew, because you love my random thoughts, I'm sure. <laughs> um, losing Devin Funches is totally a bummer. It's something this team um, would have loved to have as, as that addition on, on offense that would have been a big influx of talent. But it's something that this team can overcome, I think, relatively easy with the other guys that they have. It, it's funny to see people who complained about the Funches signing now insist that he was absolutely essential to the success of this football team. It's so funny to see the the range of, of responses on this. But whatever uh, with, with that. There's still several days left for players to opt out this season, and it's very possible that we haven't seen the end of the list of Green Bay players who will opt out. Obviously, um, we want to say we respect everyone's decision who decides to opt out. I have nothing but respect for the guys who are putting their families at the top of their priorities. And we know lots of these players have young kids to consider. We know lots of Packers players had um, had babies born this offseason. And so those are things that all those guys have to consider for their families. But from a competitive standpoint, there are a lot of positions where a team can afford players to opt out. That kind of sounds weird, but there are certain places where it's easier to replace, but also certain places where it's harder to fill those openings. I think the guys in the trenches are the ones who are going to be most susceptible to risk, or at least that's probably how it's going to be perceived. They're in each other's faces on every single snap of every play. And so what if what if multiple Packer offensive linemen decided to opt out Andrew what if what if David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins decided to take the year off for their safety would you feel comfortable putting Aaron Rodgers or even Jordan Love behind that kind of a depleted offensive line well I that would be the worst possible scenario right (laughs) I mean (laughs) missing even one offensive lineman would be absolutely devastating especially after losing Brian Balaga, you you obviously would still put your best lineup out there, including whatever quarterback you have, right? Like you you would play Aaron Rodgers regardless of what your offense line looks. But man, that is a scary proposition. And quarterback is obviously the most important position in sports, but they cannot do their job if they are behind a bad offensive line. Seriously, when is the last time a team won the Super Bowl with a bad offensive line? Yeah, it's... I don't know that it's ever happened, honestly. <laughs> I, what what quarterback is going to overcome that? And they impact your team on every single offensive snap. It, it's crazy to think, really, how unappreciated they are. So, yeah, I think losing Bakhtiari to opt out 
um, would be devastating to the season. You know, it's a lot different if you have an off season to prepare for a player's departure, but a sudden loss like that would be tough. What I'm actually more concerned about, because it, it, we, we haven't heard any whispers, um, and it, it's true, most of the people that are opting out are across the line because they have that constant um, contact that, that you're referring to. But we already know the Packers had three players that are put in quarantine as of today, or, or as of yesterday, as people are listening, including Mason Crosby, Mason Crosby and Jay Sternberger. And so you're going to see this happen across the league. And guys like David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Rick Wagner, Corey Lindsley, this is going to happen during the yeah. year. And you're suddenly going to be without somebody for a week. Mm-hmm. And and so this is going to be really strange. It's going to be bizarre. Fantasy football is going to be nuts. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who knows what's going to be happening there. But, but the on-field product is 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 going to suffer in a way it's going to be a lot more unpredictable as a result as well and so this is a really interesting scenario to me um not because i think there's a super big risk that somebody's going to opt out on the packers starting offensive line but because if they did the ramifications are massive and even if they don't the fact that probably every player is going to have to be quarantined at some point during the season is is really going to change the way that we think about these games from week to week. Yeah, and I think you're you're talking about this. I mean, it's it's so it's all stuff that we know, but when you say it out loud it just becomes that much more real that this is going to be a season unlike any that we've ever seen and these are going to be guys that are going to be exposed in one way or another um, to situations that they may not be sick but they have to take some space to make sure that they don't infect other other players and those kinds of things and so it will be really interesting obviously the expanded practice squad is going to help with some of that but i was reading something today that said that there's going to be some logistics to that that make it really difficult for teams to get guys off of the streets and then straight to the team so for instance like um, special teams guys like punters and kickers it may be necessary if not attractive for teams to stash an extra kicker and an extra punter on that practice squad in the event that like we've already seen Mason Crosby is in a place where he couldn't play right now and those kinds of things so it's going to be a year unlike anything we've ever seen and it's really going to test the depth of every single team and the created creativity of coaches to figure out different ways to win when maybe all of the pieces of your offense or your defense for that matter don't function in the way that you planned initially for that to happen. So um, again, this kind of all started out of the conversation about the offensive line because I think it is easier to plug in different receivers and running backs and tight ends than it is to assemble a new offensive line and, and offer safe protection for your quarterback. Um, but I mean, this is true across the board as we consider opt outs, but also then guys who are going to be in situations where they have to be quarantined and those kinds of things. So a totally different NFL season that we're about to, to take on uh, to cover and also to enjoy as fans. Yeah. So that thing, thank you for bringing that up. I, I think those two scenarios are really interesting and um, we don't necessarily have a concrete idea of what the NFL is going to look like in 2020. And we already previewed every team on the schedule. We spent the last six weeks doing it. Um, we are kind of saving the individual position group evaluations for August. So 
you and I were going back and forth about what we wanted to talk about for the bulk of this week. And I think we're two pretty forward thinking guys and we always have an eye, at least one eye towards the next off season with free agency in the draft. And every once in a while, Kyle has just let me run with a crazy, totally nerdy idea. <laughs> and when I lie awake at night and can't sleep, I think about crazy roster building scenarios. Yes, that's right. That's what I do. So I wanted to play one out for Kyle and all of the listeners out there today and just get your thoughts on this. And it's a weird situation. So bear with me for a little bit here. Right. Uh, but we talked about the calf situation for next year. And even though you and I got a few things wrong on our show, thanks to Ken Ingalls for pointing that out. <laughs> we're, thanks, we're figuring it out, man. I, I'm not a cap expert, but I know somebody who is, and he listens to our show frequently. So thanks for that, Ken. Uh, I, I think that set us up for what to expect in the 2021 offseason. Mainly, we don't expect the Packers are going to be able to run back with Bakhtiari, Kenny Clark, Kevin King, Corey Lindsley, and Aaron Jones even in the most ideal salary cap situation. And there's a lot of uncertainty around what that, that cap is going to look like. So I'm going to lay out a new situation for you, Kyle. Aaron Rodgers has a good year this year, but not great. We're not talking MVP season, but still, you know, one of the top maybe six or seven quarterbacks in the league. The team regresses to what the metrics appeared to be last year. Really, if you look at the overall scoring and how many late victories Green Bay pulled off, they probably should have been closer to 8-8 eight and eight than 13-3. and three. So maybe they're just a really good close game team, or maybe they're not. So the team finishes around 500, and Aaron Rodgers plays well enough to maintain his top-notch quarterback value. And Jordan Love does just enough in practice and maybe playing some end-of-the-year games that Brian Gutekunst feels comfortable moving forward with Love as the quarterback of the future. So we go to the trade market. Andy Herman laid out a way earlier in the offseason the Packers could foreseeably trade Aaron Rodgers in the 2021 offseason. Now, the Packers would only save about $4.7 million in cap room, and they would obviously have a really large seller cap hit. But they're still in the positive there. It's certainly not worth making that move just for the salary cap room, but they would be clearing up nearly $40 million in space for 2022. So the question is, what kind of compensation would the Packers be able to get for a healthy Aaron Rodgers? My personal thoughts are the package would have to start with two first-round picks. Given the bargain Rodgers' contract is going to look like going forward for whatever team acquired him, being that he's a proven commodity, commodity what his name is going to mean for a franchise, and... This year, um, you know, oh, I'm sorry. They they could potentially trade him to a team that has two first-round picks this year. Um, or, you know, you, you could be looking at a team with um, a, a one this year and a, a two this year and a three for 2022. Um, so And maybe it's way more than that. I don't know what, what his value would be exactly. But the point is the Packers would have their quarterback of the future in Jordan Love have a bunch of draft compensation, and have a ton of cap room starting in 2022. Now, here's where I take Andy's example and add to it a little bit. What if the Packers decided that they are fine rebuilding for Jordan Love's first season? So they know they're not going to be a, a playoff team, um, and they're okay with t you know taking a couple of steps back in order to propel themselves forward for the future. They could potentially franchise tag David Bakhtiari and trade him. Understand I'm not advocating for any of this. Please, please, Kyle. <laughs> I'm like, I'm upset. I, 
<laughs> yeah. I, I don't think you would send away a left tackle in the prime of his career, but you have to think Bakhtiari would be worth a major premium on the trade market. If the Packers feel like they're already like several pieces away from competing with the 49ers, the Saints, the Ravens, the Chiefs, whoever you want to name, they could choose to take a short step back and reap the benefits of having a quarterback on a rookie contract. So meanwhile, they're still built around a strong running game. They have a promising young quarterback. You have Devontae Adams, Jay Sternberger, and a strong defense. You got Kenny Clark, Jair Alexander, the Smiths, Rashawn Gary. And they could have something like three first-round picks in 2021, two first-round picks in 2022, and over $100 million in cap space in 2022. Now, of course, some of the re-signings they make this season would, would affect that number, but you you could go into the draft and, let's say, get the left tackle of the next 10 years to replace Bakhtiari. Um, there's already what looks like three very top-notch tackles in this year's class. A wide receiver to move opposite of Devontae Adams. And next year's wide receiver class looks like it could be as good as this year's. And fill all those pesky holes in the roster with high picks. Things like off-ball linebacker, right tackle, defensive line. If Jordan Love hits, and that is the big if of this scenario... You could open up a window like the Ravens currently have, the Chiefs are just coming off of, where you can go out and add players like Tyron Matthew or Calais Campbell to an already stacked roster. Andrew, we have we have stepped into the twilight zone here a little bit. Oh, we should have got the music. We should've. Should we oh my goodness, we missed that. Um okay, so is it weird that for me the harder part of this to swallow is the David Bakhtiari trade scenario. I, I think uh, maybe it's because we've already processed the the potential possibility of losing Aaron Rodgers prior to the end of his career. I think we've wrestled with that a little bit as fans and come to terms with the fact that that may happen. But for me, when you read that, it's the David Bakhtiari part that's the hardest part to to stomach, I guess. But we're living in a world that is full of conspiracy theories right now, so let's just add some fuel to the fire in the sports arena, okay? Uh, But seriously, this is not a fun thing for me to imagine personally. I think most fans want Rodgers to be a Packer for a long, long time, and it's hard to imagine watching football on Sundays or Mondays or whatever without Aaron in a Packers jersey, but... As even Aaron Rodgers has said, this game is also a business, and it's a business that just got a whole heck of a lot more complicated with COVID and the potential salary cap reduction. And so if the scenario plays out, as you described, and the Packers think that love is ready, and they don't think that there will be a huge drop-off in production from the quarterback position, and they're able to get a haul in the draft compensation that you've described and build a really talented team with a QB on three more years of a rookie contract plus what would be then that fifth-year option, man, you can totally see a scenario in which this makes competitive and financial sense for the Green Bay Packers. Oh, and in the scenario that you described, Goody could basically go to Russ Ball. I'm just working all this through. He could go to Russ Ball and say, just go ahead and backload the heck out of all those contracts for guys like Aaron Jones and Kevin King and Kenny Clark, Corey Lindsley, and, and go ahead and extend Adams. Get that done. We'll not talk about what you discussed with David Bakhtiari because I'm upset about it. But go ahead and do all that, Russ Ball, because we've 
only got to make it squeeze and work under the cap in 2021 for one year. Just make it work for one year, figure it out because you're a magician. And then all of that cap space opens up and you're talking about an insane window for winning a championship. So really, I, holy smokes, I don't, I don't want to... I don't want to see this. I don't want to move on from Aaron Rodgers and the magic that we get to see on Sundays. But it, it's also a little bit easy to get greedy when you consider all that you just laid out and the doors that it could open for this franchise for the next five years and then beyond. It, it's going to be a wild ride to see how this plays out because I think we know that things are in motion. We just don't know when and how and what it's going to look like. And I was intentionally being very conservative about that draft pick compensation. But one of the things that has sort of crossed my mind as we were discussing this was Jamal Adams just got traded for two first round picks. Yeah. One of the most non-premium positions in football. Right. And you're talking about, you know, Aaron Rodgers, who's still going to have a window of let's say five years being really conservative where you think he's going to be still one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. Um, I know you don't like the David Bakhtiari thing, but if, if they're really doing a rebuild and, and you want to get, incredible value for a top-notch left tackle. He he might be worth yeah. more draft compensation than what Jamal Adams would be. Um, and I certainly could, could foresee that as well. So, well, we don't want this to come true. I, I The hope <laughs> is this is a completely ridiculous scenario, and it probably is, because the Packers have a ton of success on the field this year, and Aaron Rodgers interjects himself back in the MVP conversation. But I think it, it's, it's worth discussing, because these are things that we could potentially be seeing. Yeah. Going forward, yeah. Hey, what if uh, what if the Packers shipped Aaron Rodgers to Dallas next offseason, and Dallas goes away from Dak Prescott after all of the all the drama? Can you imagine the McCarthy and Rodgers reunion in Dallas? Like, this is like drama. We're talking next offseason hard knocks. Like, I mean, I, I'm just this. It'd be stupid, crazy, but I just, I mean. I'm trying to think of scenarios, right? Well, and, you know, when you're thinking of situations where Aaron Rodgers could have the most success playing in that building in in controlled environment with a Mike McCarthy offense he's very comfortable with and the playmakers the Cowboys have, mm-hmm. they, they still have some pretty good pieces on that line. They, they need to fill a couple holes, but a, a really, you know, stout pass blocking line, um, Ezekiel Elliott to hand the ball to Amari Cooper on the outside, CD lamb, as well as Michael Gallup. Um, and man, Oh, that would be <laughs> exciting. I, and yeah. I hate the Cowboys. Uh, you know, <laughs> like that, that's one of the teams I can't stand in professional sports. It's right up there. Like, you know, Yankees, Lakers, uh, the Cowboys gross, but <laughs> But, man, for, for the success of Aaron Rodgers, that would be pretty cool. It's a storyline. You know Jerry Jones would eat that up. Yeah. Um, and he's probably getting – picks, right? Like, well, and and you wouldn't think the Cowboys would be drafting super early next year, so they would have to give up a lot. And I think Jerry Jones would give up a lot yeah. to have an Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, the, the Cowboys haven't had that franchise quarterback since Troy Aikman. Rodgers probably would be the, the best quarterback they've had mm-hmm. since – Stalba. And, you, Stalba. and you mentioned the name value of Aaron Rodgers. And, I mean, if anybody is about flash and display, right, I mean, Jerry Jones, the ability to add a name like Aaron Rodgers to that franchise would be something that he would, like, totally jump at. 
And the draft pick compensation is one thing, but Aaron Rodgers' contract is going to be cheaper than what they would have to give to Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think about I mean, that. Think about that. Sell that. I mean, like, can you imagine? Like, we can have Aaron Rodgers, or we can pay almost twice as much for Dak Prescott when, for whatever reason, Dallas has been really gun shy to do it. And I mean, it seems like an inevitability that something's going to have to give there eventually. But anyway, just throwing out crazy random scenarios, you know. That's a really interesting one, and now I'm going to be stuck on that forever. <laughs> so thank you, thank you, Kyle. Yeah, when you can't sleep tonight, you can work that one out in your in your, in your sleep. All, there. all right, so we made it. We made it through um, all of our ridiculous scenarios. If you have any input on that, please let us know. Um, but unfortunately, that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packaday Podcast. You can send all your hate mail to Kyle on Twitter at Packer <laughs> underscore Pundit, unless he decides to change his Twitter handle. I voted yes on the poll. Um, but I was clearly being overwhelmed in that I vote. Figure you'd hate to have to learn what to say differently. You, you no, I this. like I, I like the change, but you know <laughs> it's at Packer underscore Pundit for now. We'll see what happens next week. You can find me at Andrew Mertig. Very simple, straightforward. I like that. <laughs> Remember to also follow at Packaday Podcast. Please subscribe and and rate the podcast if you can. We really appreciate it. You can catch Kyle and myself every single Friday. We're going to be back next week, hopefully talking about training camp. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. So thanks for listening. And as always, remember. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.